0: Hello and welcome to Nebraska Prep Zone Report, a podcast from the World Herald. We are brought to you today by MD West 1, Nebraska's most advanced sports medicine, orthopedics, neurosurgery, and spine care covering greater Omaha for over 70 years. I'm your host, Jake Anderson. Joining me as always, the wonderful Mike Sauter. How are you doing today, Mike? Well, wonderful is, can be a stretch depending on who you ask, but I'm doing pretty good today. We are going to get into week two of high school football. Last week was fantastic. A lot of good games, a lot of great finishes. Um, So let's get right into it. And let's start off with your Pinnacle Bank Game of the Week, Omaha, Scott, and Waverly.
1: Uh, Yeah, uh, Omaha, Scott, Waverly. So that won our Pinnacle Bank Game of the Week by a landslide, vote. it wasn't even close. Um, which I'm fine with that. It's cool. People vote. That's, that's cool. It's kind of one of, I mean, I, if I wasn't, if it wasn't the game of the week, I'd probably go to that one anyway. Um, if, if we didn't have game of the week stuff. So it is the fourth time that Scott will travel to Waverly, uh, to in the last two years. So they're very familiar with that trip. They're very familiar with the grass field and the locker room situation
0: and all that so none of that's really new um this is the first time of those matchups that scott is going there without tyson gordon so. correct correct and it's actually the uh the last five times the teams have played
1: um uh, way, scott's won all five so um waverly has a really nice team uh, Evan Kennorir is a really nice player athlete Trevor Brown on the line um, all of that and it you know Waverly's ranked number one so it would be an upset um, even though Scott has won 26 27 straight games in a row um, but you know like you said it's a brand new team um, a lot of those guys didn't have a ton of experience last year um, they they're still trying to mix in some some of the uh, OPS or Burke kids that, it, that transferred and uh, that looked for a home to play. And I don't blame them for, for doing it at all. Um, so there's there's some, you know, it, would, would it shock me if Scott won? No. Would it shock me if Waverly won that game? No. Um, both teams run the ball. I mean, it could be like a total of an hour and a half or 45-minute game. <laughs> uh, could go pretty quick. Uh, just because of the way the offenses go, and they just want to uh, impose their will on the ground game and on the line play, and uh, and and win games that way, which that's fine with me too. So um, should be fun. I, I'm I'm guessing you know the it'll be kind of a little bit of a as much as it can be a raucous environment, uh, it it kind of will be. I you know there's absolutely no love lost for Scut no matter where they go. Um, but I think this one has a little extra oomph behind it. And, uh, you know, Waverly, I feel like they, they're, they're thinking they, you know, they got payback for the last handful of times they played. And and like I said, they got a really good team this year. So we'll, we'll, we'll see that. That one should be a really fun game.
0: It'll be interesting to see if the Vikings can break through and earn their first win in the past five matchups. Um, our other top matchup of the week, they're all good. Uh, number two in, in Class A, Millard South at number four, Elkhorn South. Both teams 1-0. Elkhorn South, you could say, escaped last week against Millard West. Uh, that was a back-and-forth game in the final three minutes. Either team could have won. What are we looking for out of uh, the Patriots and the Storm?
1: Yeah, it was a wild last few minutes of that game. Um, You know, uh, Elkhorn South felt like they had kind of the game in control. Millard West comes back, scores late. And then Elkhorn South just on a, I believe it was a fourth and 10, gets a, like, 30, 40-yard pass and catch for a first down all the way down to, like, the five or whatever it was. Um, And then uh, Carson Crouch kicks the game-winning field goal. So um Miller and Elkhorn South should be they're similar styles have a lot of little quick athletes they got some other guys that can Elkhorn South has some little more size I guess at, at the wide receiver position that can go up and get balls but um both teams are are similar like to run their quarterbacks like to um, actually just run the ball and play really good defense um the last time, these two played Miller South, Elkhorn South. It was late in the year last year, and Miller South kind of controlled that one and, uh, and and won. And it was at Elkhorn, so similar kind of situation, but this one's obviously earlier in the year. And a lot of changes to both teams. So um, the line play is really interesting in, in this matchup. You have uh, on the, the offensive line for Elkhorn South, obviously, Teddy Prochaska and... Um, Isaac Zadiska and Cooper Taylor are three-year now starters on the offensive line for them. But Miller South has some of their own. Um, Jack Nicholson and um, uh, Bo Went are are multi-year starters for them. Um, And then uh, Nolan Olofsson's a a really nice player that came over from Burke after OPS canceled – well, basically canceled their seasons. So uh, three really good linemen. Um, you know the one thing that that struck me kind of as not odd but I was like oh okay um, Isaac Zadaska played pretty much the whole game both ways um, which credit to him that kid is a stud and um, you know I, I think he's severely kind of under recruited that's just my opinion um, so it, it should be a fun game and Elkhorn South was without uh, Makai Nelson Douglas he had to be He was a quarantine casualty, if you will. Um, So he didn't play last Thursday. I don't know if he'll be out of quarantine in in time to play Friday. Um, And then uh, Dylan Krause, their starting quarterback, he um, got sick in the middle of the game um, and didn't finish the game. He, He played just a little bit in the first half, so we'll see if he's fully healthy and all that. Uh, ben Warren's
0: a nice running back for Elkhorn South, too. So, um, Speaking of running backs, we should mention um, Isaiah Harris's replacement at Millard South. Taekwon Johnson had right. a good game against Millard North in Week 1.
1: Right, right. And Millard South did what they do, right? They just play really good defense and try and create turnovers and run the ball with a star running back. And it looks like they found another one after Isaiah Harris was – you know, all Nebraska, first team, and just a stud. The last two years for them, he was really good. So, um, Taekwon's a guy that he's a little longer and, and taller than, than Isaiah. Uh, they also have Antrell Taylor to get the ball to as a wideout. Uh, Stangers um, are um, are nice athletes. And uh, Jake Gassaway is a really good player, too, a linebacker slash wide receiver. Um, it, that one should be, I think, pretty close. And Elkhorn South have, you know, has obviously a lot of confidence. I think after beating Millard West last week, and Millard South handled Millard North, uh, so they they're feeling probably pretty good about themselves too. So um, that one should be really good.
0: On to the next one: Battle of Lincoln, number five, Lincoln Southeast one and zero against Lincoln Southwest. Both uh, Lincoln Southwest is zero and one. That's probably Lincoln's best going at it. Yeah, you would
1: think this year for sure. I think those are the two best teams. And Lincoln Southwest, I mean, Gretna's a team that I don't think maybe we probably should start talking about a little bit more. When I say we, I mean just in in general in the season. Zane Flores is a fantastic quarterback as a sophomore, and he is really, really good. Um, And um, Southwest just – they got hand, it was 41 to 7 or 36 7, whatever the score was. Uh, Gretna beat Southwest. So, um, Southeast had a nice kind of grinder of a game against Kearney out in Kearney and won it, um, which is not super easy to do out that way. So, um, Southeast has some great athletes too. Um, uh, Jake Applegate is a, just a junior and a, a really nice athlete. So, Southeast has a really nice team. I you know they lost a lot last year, um, including Isaac Gifford and a handful of other guys, and and for them to kind of keep it rolling, it feels like um, is good to show that kind of sort of consistency. Um, you know that's that eight fifteen game uh, that's always a little kind of quirky, but they're used to playing in that game um, or at that time at Seacrest. So it, it on a normal night <clears throat> uh, without you know fan restrictions and that. This game would probably pull in seven, eight thousand people. Um, and so that one kind of stinks with the environment not not being able to, you know, people not being able to show up.
0: And the next one we have here is a replacement for both teams. Lost my lost my tab here. Number one, Omaha West Side 1 and 0, traveling to number 8, Carney, 0-1. Nice road trip there for Westside to replace Omaha North on their schedule. And what stood out about that Westside prep game last Thursday is the amount of athletes Mm. that Westside has. It just seemed like another play. It was another guy getting the ball, different guy. Everybody has speed. Everybody can take it to the house anytime.
1: Yeah. um, It also helps when you have uh, Cole Payton at quarterback. I mean, that guy, he's phenomenal. And, um for my money, he's the best quarterback in the state. I've said that for a while now, um, and I, I'm not backing off of that <laughs> at all. In particular, after watching just one week, it's not always good to make giant sweeping, you know, generalizations after one week. Um, but they looked, you know, in midseason form. Uh, they were they came out kind of ready to play, uh, forced a fumble on the first offensive play of the game. And um, just, and then they got stopped on, uh, you know, a fourth fourth and goal. So uh, prep defense, prep's defense showed up kind of in
0: that uh, first quarter. They, they did a really nice job. Uh, that, and then that first quarter was a lot of opening week kind of yeah. the kings out. And then you had the bomb to Avante Dickerson, and it just seemed like the damn burst.
1: Yeah, once that play happened, it was like okay, like it felt you could felt feel a little bit of the air coming out or deflatedness for prep against them and um you know they they just have guys all over the field like you said i you know i i think it'll probably be a tough one for carney uh coach cool does a great job he uh quick story about coach cool he was actually my jv football coach when i was a sophomore in high school out at sutherland nebraska so um, he's been at Kearney for a lot of years now after being the coach of Sutherland. So kind of, it's always cool to see him, um, you know, however many years ago that was, uh, we'll, we'll keep that between, uh, me and him.
0: So it was five years
1: ago, right. Um, uh, so he, you know, he does a nice job. The program's always good and competitive and, um, you know, they were leading Southeast for a time and, and they're going to have to. Uh, play really good defense and sound defense. And that's kind of what they do uh, or try and do normally anyway. So um, go, but it's going to be a tough task. You know, West side's really, really good.
0: And I want to jump to class C one before I have our last class a game to watch number one in class C one Wahoo one and hosting number six, Adam central also one to know this is kind of an early season test for both teams.
1: Yeah, Wahoo, Coach Fox and Wahoo, man, he's just kind of pumping them out right now. I mean, he's state champs last year, got another really good team. They're always really, really good. Um, program is is doing a nice job of just kind of keeping it plugging along, right, plug-and-play type of program, and and that's what you want. And Adam Central throws it a little bit. Cam Foster's a really nice wide receiver, kind of defensive back for them. Um it's a tough test for both teams. Early, we'll we'll kind of see how good Adam Central is. They, you know, re- had to replace a quarterback, and Wahoo obviously had to replace uh, a bunch of guys too. So um, it, it's a nice nice test. That's a it's a really good game. I you know I actually thought about putting that one up for a game of the week, but I was just in Wahoo last week for Newman. Um, I know you know the the Wahoo Warrior fans don't really care about that part, but um, <laughs> But I, you know, so I I decided not to, but I'll keep my eye on that one. That that, that one's a very intriguing matchup, if you will.
0: And let's take it back to Class A. This isn't necessarily a matchup to watch. I don't think it'll be on anyone's must-watch list. But I bring it up for the fantastic stat I found, as well as it'll transition us to our next part of the podcast. Bellevue West, Bellevue East. The rivalry continues. Does it? Um, the score for that series, the past five years, do you have any idea what it is combined? A compatible? lot. I think it's like,
1: it's, uh, well, they didn't score last year. I think they only scored six two years ago, Bellevue East. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it's got to be, what was 80 and 60. It is
0: 334 to 6 the past yeah. 5 years. Yeah, I knew
1: yeah. that I knew that it, I knew that the Bellevue East side was pretty low. Um and I thought I was going to say 10 but um I knew it was 10 or kind of right around there. Um and then I obviously I knew it was in the hundreds for for Bellevue West but that's that's a lot.
0: finally became not that's not to bash on Bellevue East no, yeah. Bellevue, Bellevue West has been the marquee program in the state, arguably during that time, them, and a few others. Um, but it'll, it, yeah, it leads us into our next part here because this will be our first look at the Thunderbirds this season. They didn't play last week and they have a couple of athletes who in the class of 2022, who got some attention yesterday, Mike O'Reilly and Caden Helms.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm looking for it real quick. I let me find it, but it's um, Bellevue West uh, has beaten Bellevue West has won, loss to Bellevue East in football in the last
0: year. I think about fifteen years. The only yeah. loss was, I think 2008, 35, 34. I could you know. have the year wrong. Yeah,
1: it's been a a really really long time. Let me look here, I got it. Um, it's been two thousand and nine. Bellevue East beat Bellevue West thirty-five to four. Since two thousand and two, uh, since two thousand and two, Bellevue West has won every game except for that one. So not necessarily a rivalry. I mean, I mean it is because they're always gonna be. But I mean somebody's got to beat somebody in order to make it a rivalry right so um anyway two year as far as the, the athletes that got attention you know on tuesday when the first contact period When I say contact period i mean contact as in uh college coaches can actually send a, a text message or direct message or whatever uh to those uh 2022 20, or junior athletes and that's for football basketball was um earlier uh, this year or in the summer. Um, but Caden Helms and Mike O'Reilly, the two um, biggest names, I guess, in that junior class for Bellevue West. They had a couple of linemen got some love too. Um, those guys, they got a lot of attention. And Clemson uh, is
0: one school that reached out to both of them. They both have offers from Nebraska. Um, Another school that reached out to both of them that caught my eye was Iowa. Yeah, so right. that and, pipeline just got the commit from Keegan Johnson. I thought that was interesting. Right, Iowa likes their tight ends.
1: Yeah, obviously they like tight ends and and feel like they have a good good kind of relationship there, and that's that ton of truth to that, right? Um, and they've done a really good. Coach Woods actually has done a really good job recruiting. Um, in nebraska or in the metro he's done a really nice job of kind of making the rounds and and building connections there um you know we'll see with riley like he's he he's got a lot i mean he's got a lot of attention they both do um georgia called or georgia four coaches from georgia text him on you know right after kind of midnight or early on on tuesday morning uh, Clemson was the first school to reach out to him. Obviously, Nebraska and all those other teams um, that he has offers from uh, reached out. Same thing with Helms. Um, but the two guys, Henry Rickles, their their offensive lineman, he probably translates to an offensive guard. He got a lot of attention too from from uh, Division One coaches and you know Northern Illinois and um, schools like that, kind of that level ish um, where. We're the ones in South Dakota state, Wyoming, Kansas, North Dakota state. Um, they're the ones that, that they kind of reach out to him and Caden Camise, the, the, he's a big dude. Uh, he's only like, when I say big, I mean, kind of wide and been in the weight room shoulders guy. Um, he got a lot of attention as well from uh, a handful of, of different FCS or, or uh group of five schools And um, he's going to have a really nice year. I I think, you know, a lot of people look at that Bellevue West defense last year and they only gave up 65 points and um, they were really, really good. Their offense obviously was really good and their offense is the thing that people talk about. But that defense this year is going to be – probably has a chance to be a little better than what they
0: were last year and that's saying quite a lot. The two other marquee guys that we should mention are two OPS players, which also leads into – I want to get your thoughts on the protest yesterday um, in Lincoln. But first, Devin Jackson, the Omaha Burke linebacker, and Deshaun Woods, the Omaha Central lineman. Both were very busy yesterday.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, uh, whenever you get like a, a text at 1230 in the morning, kind of wakes you up. Um, But I kind of woke up kind of – I wasn't, I guess, fully asleep, but I kind of just jolted. Um, Deshaun Woods had – Ohio State was the first school to talk to him. He had a a list of schools right at at midnight. I'm talking like the first three minutes of midnight. And he said he waited to stay up until then um, to see who would be kind of the first and all that. So, um, you know, when you have Ohio State hitting you up, uh, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, that just tells you how good of an offensive lineman or player he is. Um, you know, Ohio State doesn't need to go to Nebraska to get an offensive lineman, or any position for that matter. Where, um,
0: where do you think he projects at the next level? Is he more of a tackle, guard? I, I think he's probably
1: a guard. We'll, we'll see. He, he's, I don't think he's done growing at all. So we'll, we'll see how, how he kind of physically develops. He's, he's put together extremely well um so we'll we'll see where he's at I mean obviously he has offers from Nebraska and Iowa and uh, has an offer from Florida and Texas A&M and I think LSU um so like he'll end up being able to basically pick wherever he wants to go I think when it's all said and done It, it, it does hurt him you know him and Devin both Devin got some love too um Auburn offered him yesterday he's the only one that kind of got an offer yesterday as far as the juniors are concerned um we'll we'll see what happens with those two guys and if the recruitment continues or slows down by not you know having uh sports this fall or or being able to play this fall and get some stuff on film and Devin, Devin Jackson is a guy that you know people just peg at linebacker and the only film he has is him on kickoffs and linebacker he was going to play some wide receiver this year and that dude is fast and literally you just throw the ball as far as you can and he'll just go catch it Um, because you're not going to overthrow him. Uh, He's just that fast. So that would have been fun to see. And also fun to see just kind of, you know, him get some film of that athleticism that he has because he's, he's a freak of an athlete. He's a, a kid that you can put in the red zone as a red zone target, just throw a jump ball up and he'll jump higher than the next guy.
0: And Uh, that's where these kids also miss out on not having camps this spring and summer. Right. right. Being able to kind of show that is, is important and it stinks for those guys. But um, yeah. The question that I had for you looking over these offers and I'm browsing them again one more time while we're talking as someone that tracks this every year, are you ever surprised when an Ohio state reaches out to a kid at 1201? Does it seem like it's kind of building more and more every year or is it, is it just expected at this point?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think it's building more and more every year. I, I think it's fantastic, right? It's awesome for kids from Nebraska that are getting this attention. Um, part of it is maybe, you know, um, I point to guys like Avante Dickerson, I point to guys like Cade Johnson, who was a walk-on initially at South Dakota State that's now, um, man, like when he said he was putting his name in the transfer portal, he got hit up by virtually everyone. Um, When I say virtually everyone, I mean all but uh, a handful or uh, just a few schools did not hit him up uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, One of those was Nebraska. Um, but, uh, you know, Minnesota really wanted him. Florida State wanted him, or wants him, wanted him, all that stuff. So, um, feels like he's still yet to kind of really fully make a decision on what he wants to do as far as his future. He might end up going back to South Dakota State. Who knows? Um, I don't think he really fully knows yet. Uh, but that's, you know, guys like that, and you're no offense. And even before Easton Stick, and, um, you know when the more guys from Omaha kind of go and are super successful, not just at Nebraska but outside of Nebraska, it's really good for Nebraskans uh, and and also guys like you know Thomas Fedoni who's just at Lewis Central. Well, him and and Micah Riley worked out all summer kind of together with, at Warren Academy stuff and and uh, that helps because. Thomas Fedoni has all these, you know, coaches or recruiting coordinators and that following him maybe on social media. And if he's sharing his, his buddy, Mike O'Reilly, stuff and all that on, on social, then you never know um, who's, who's watching that stuff. So,
0: um, it's you know, it's kind of like the top basketball prospect that, right. you know, they, they bring all the college scouts to the gym. Right. And, okay, well, who's this teammate Similar right. to the Warren Academy. Everyone was at that to see Thomas Fedone. And, oh, who's this guy over there from Millard North?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very similar. And, and really what's funny is – not funny, but just a coincidence. You look at the parallel between kind of this junior slash senior slash senior class as far as, as football is concerned has got a lot of love and attention, and rightfully so. Um, from big name schools, right? Well, basketball is very similar right now, where you have Hunter Salas and Chucky e. Hepburn kind of leading the way for everyone else in the class, and and sort of bringing everyone along and and hoping that they can help out their teammates and all that. I mean, um, you know, one thing that that really benefited, uh, I think, St. Thomas. Not only he's a really good basketball player. Uh, one thing that really helped him and Jaden Johnson was playing at Miller North with Hunter. You had, I mean, last last summer slash fall, uh, there were so many coaches that came to their open gyms. So many coaches uh, just came to open gym on a Tuesday night in, you know, September, October, in November before practice started, and. Even at practices, they show up, and at games, there was you know coaches everywhere, majority of the time, and that helps. That helps uh, generate attention for teammates and other people that uh,
0: maybe they're playing or uh, you know yeah. and, and attention to them. So it, the the I, Kansas per- scout that's at Miller North practice, he sees you know the the backup right. center. Well, okay, well he's not a fit at Kansas, but I know this guy at Northwest right. Missouri State
1: or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like examples like, I mean, coaches know each other. They do. And, and they're willing to help each other out. If like, okay, this guy maybe doesn't fit here. I'll call, I got a buddy that works for this school. Maybe I'll call him and get him on this kid. And that stuff happens all the time, Um, all the time. So it's, it's similar. I mean, it's, it's kind of neat to see, obviously for someone that, tracks in and it's basically my my job to do that. It's uh it's pretty awesome to see that and and what's happening right now in Nebraska.
0: Real quick before we get out of here, I just kind of want your you know your takes, what was your main three takeaways from the protest yesterday at OPS? It seems unlikely that they'll reverse the decision for fall sports, but there were a lot of people in attendance. There's a lot of support for OPS. What was it what was that scene like?
1: Yeah, it was, there was a I would say roughly 200-ish people out there, student-athletes. There was a dance team from Bryan. Uh, There was Benson kids there. There, All seven schools were represented and multiple sports, cross-country, track, uh, dance team, like I said, football. Omaha North had a strong football contingent out there. Omaha Northwest basketball players were there. Um, uh, Omaha South had... Cross country and soccer and football, um, you know. I mean, Omaha Burks, I think, entire softball team was there. Um, so there's and and girls basketball players were there. There was a football player there. I mean, it, it was um, you no, know, it was neat to see kids using their kind of voice or or the best way they know how. I wouldn't have necessarily called it a protest. I think it was just kind of more of a pe- really peaceful rally. They just wanted to sit you know, uh, stand on, well, they actually wanted to stand at the end of the parking lot, but they wouldn't let them. Um, but they just stood on the on the sidewalk and kind of just like made their voice heard, right? Like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and you know, you do feel bad for some of those kids and not everyone's a Devin Jackson, right? Not everyone is even uh, Hunter Push who's committed to South Dakota, but just wants to play his senior year. Uh, not, every, not everyone is that kid. Uh, not everyone is is committed to a school or has recruiting attention. A lot of a lot of the lower level cla a lot of the lower level uh, colleges and universities at NAIA Division II level, they rely on that senior film to uh, recruit kids, and they rely on being able to go see kids, and and they can't. Like they they can come out and and go to football games and stuff, and um, and and normally they do, and. They they rely on that not just I'm just not just football I mean cross country the times that kids run as seniors they're more mature they've been working hard and all this stuff and now they don't have those times uh, to post and uh, don't have that opportunity same thing you know softball all, all sports right so at those lower levels getting a scholarship offer that's maybe not a full ride but still it's going to be something that helps alleviate student loans maybe or something like that so. Uh, to go with the academic money i you know i i feel really bad um for those kids and that's i mean i i understand the decision i do um but i i also it's just my opinion that i i wish they would have given um the the ops kids an opportunity to at least give it a try um and and it feels like that that just obviously that didn't happen but it feels like it just was never gonna happen, uh, which which right. makes it. And it's work.
0: even tougher when um, Stu had today that the NFHS mm-hmm. had that no no COVID nineteen cases came out of last Friday's action or last week's action. Um, and granted, about a month ago, we we were here saying you know it's probably growing that there might not be high school football and. Mm-hmm.
1: But I, I'll say it with that, I mean, we're we're only a couple days ish away. I, I'm sure there'll be some cases that pop up and and different things. And and you know, I mean, like I said, Mackay Nelson Douglas is just an example of one kid that had to, to quarantine. Um, Green Island Northwest starting quarterback had to quarantine last week. He didn't he didn't test positive but he was in a classroom with someone that did. Um, so those those examples will happen all throughout the year. But I think people are just so fortunate um, I think that's what we need to kind of realize I mean athletes and coaches and parents and all of that that actually get the opportunity to participate in extracurricular activities whether it be um, clubs and like I said dance team cheerleading all that stuff um, you know I mean what about like forensics teams like a kid heard particip- a kid wants to go to mit um and but he can't you know he's smart enough and all that stuff but really the robotics team would kind of help him get there if he kind of was able to do that um yeah you know you it's not just athletics right i mean you're talking about other things too
0: so the team, every, yeah every all team. of that stuff it, it's a tough they, decision for a lot of parents and kids. right,
1: right and it, it stinks so it at the end of the day, it stinks for those people. But you do understand, like, all right, like, it's the state's largest school district. And, you know, like, do we just want to really worry about trying to spread things around in schools and athletics and all that? But I think there was a way they probably could have got something done or should have. Like, that's just my opinion. Um, but, I again, like I said, I, I do understand the decision. Um, I don't fully agree with it, obviously, but I, uh, I do understand why. I guess I understand why they did it.
0: Definitely. And like you said, we should focus on the, the players and the parents and, that are playing. And they are lucky and they are very fortunate to be out there coming up this week for week two of high school football. And this should be a good weekend of high school volleyball, softball as well. So until next time, follow Mike Sotter on Twitter for those high school football and volleyball updates. And thanks for listening. As the official
1: team doctors for high school and college teams across greater Omaha, MD West 1 Sports Med doctors can get you back into the game stronger than ever. Meet the Sports Med team at mdwest1.com or call 402-390-4111.